On that note, let's get the podcast started. I see what you did there. I aren't that clever. No. No. Apparently, this may be old news at this point, or it's been out for a while, but there's a trailer for a movie by Sony Entertainment called Morbius the Living Vamp- or called Morbius, based on the character Morbius the Living Vampire from the Spider-Man comics. Mm. And it stars Jared Leto, the bad Joker, oh. um, as Morbius, I oh. think. So it sounds mediocre at best. Jared Leto is a good actor. When he's in a well, when he's in a role that suits him, right? But not the actor, but like the creative choices that Sony is likely to make. I don't know. Here's the weird thing: I was watching the trailer, and they slipped this in there on purpose. This definitely takes place in the MCU. Interest er, because in the, in the background there's like a graffiti of uh, of Spider-Man uh-huh. with uh, murderer graffitied over the graffiti. Uh, so it's like after the fallout of uh, 76. No. <laughs> no, of uh, of uh, Far From Home. Why? Don't worry about it. Okay. But but it's weird that it's it's an overly edgy 90s character that they're rebooting. It's Morbius the freaking vampire, but not a vampire. Because of whatever re- science stuff. He's, like, got some degenerative blood disease that he has to... But not goblin cancer. No, no, not goblin cancer. This time, the cure is inside of a bat. Oh. So he injects himself with a bat and becomes a scientific vampire. <laughs> That's aged well. <laughs> <laughs> not like, oh... Yeah, yeah, it's weird. So, it, it'll, it'll be weird. And that comes out, like, early next year. A bat and or pangolin. A bat, a cat, no, a bat. Solving the world's problems. Rip chat. One knob at a time. Rip chant. Rip Andrew Culzer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's actually listening. He, by the time he catches up, he'll probably be living here. Because he's, be like, he's binging sort of our podcast, trying to catch up. He'll be like, hey, you talked about me six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did we? <laughs> oh. I, funny <laughs> you should say that. <laughs> We love uh, the um, the people we can rip on, in good in good um, in good humor in good humor, yeah. That's in good cheer as well, mm-hmm. or something like that, or something like that. Mm-hmm. A little bit of uh, mental scarring is bound to happen at some point, but I mean, yeah. you do it enough. You do have to sign a waiver to hang out with us. So yeah, that's that's, we that's should, part of the we should legit the write a waiver. <laughs> and like hand it out at like the next social you gathering. Join any group chat of ours or hang out with us. We are not responsible for what happens to your brain cells. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, that'd be like it do. <laughs> um, <laughs> like so and so has left the chat. Rip. <laughs> Emma has left the chat. Yeah. <laughs> Rip. Oh, uh, we need to screenshot that. Like. We should look up what date that is and then just send her. It was like right after I roasted her for being a normie too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't. It's like we've done it. That we've, It was probably we, the straw that we broke, broke her. the camel's back. The, the day she truly was no longer on demand. We should have just let her look at the chickens, guys. <laughs> should have just let her look at the chickens. Uh, there is no context for those who don't know what we're talking about and that's okay. That's fine. It's fine. The, the the two people that listen know what we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> yep, all two of you. No matter how many people listen to this podcast, there are two listeners to this podcast. Or there's at least two. That's correct. There's at least two listeners to the We podcast. are up to eight whole followers now. Oh, on Ooh. Spotify? Yeah. All right. I'm liking, where, I'm liking where this is headed. Yeah, that's at least four times more than two. Yeah, but there's still at least two. It's a multiple of two, actually. Yeah. Until I, th- I thought the bit was all two listeners. Oh, all two listeners. All yeah, two. It's not at least two. Yeah, okay. All two listeners. Because that's a, that's a lame cop-out. Yeah. It is. And we're going to commit to the bit. We're all two listeners. 
if you're one of the two we aren't oh. going to tell you how it's spelled we aren't going to tell you um if you're one of the two but as far as you're concerned you're one of the two yeah <laughs> and, and all two out of the hosts agree <laughs> two two of the hosts <laughs> um but yeah anyway uh, yes the march of dark souls continues onward oh yeah yes i'm having a good time with it actually it's it's been quite nice to see you progress from being timid and scared of the little undeads in the first area <laughs> to being timid and scared of giant boss repeats mm-hmm. that are still not that scary but you've learned to deal with them mm-hmm. right it's just, it's just nice to watch someone you know that you've played a game before and you're watching them play it yeah. And watching how they... It's like, wow, you've come a long way, young Padawan. Yes, how they grow and learn from the experience. Yes, it's it's been... It has been interesting. I'm, I'm I've still... been sort of like following along after Nathan goes to bed. Mm-hmm. Just to... <laughs> See where he's <laughs> but at. But he took, a, he took a significant fork from where I typically go. Uh, oh, really? Yes. I'm, interesting. I'm not going to ask where that was because... You're probably there's already a short list in your head of the potential locations. I'm sure. Uh, uh, shorter, growing shorter by the minute because uh-huh. you're sort of running out of places you haven't been yet. Right. Yeah. Pretty rapidly. And like those two dragons that were blocking my path, I finally got back around to 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 figuring out how to get past them, just because I avoided them for the whole game. Mm-hmm. So like two different dragons in two different areas that are just there to block a path. One of them, I just hid until it. Flew down and then I ran behind it and lit up the bonfire yeah, it was yeah, sitting yeah, on yeah, 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 yeah. by the sunlight altar. By the the, the sunlight altar, yeah. <laughs> Which that would have been a handy bonfire to have early game. Yeah, I should have unlocked it like first thing in the game. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Uh, then there was like the one in the Valley of Drakes, which is like I still haven't figured out what else there is to do there. There's like a big door that isn't open, or is it just the area to connect the 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 deep basin to the uh, other two places, the Fire Link and the and yeah. the Blight Town. Like Blight Town, is it just the crossroads type area with a couple annoying dragons? Or well, I'm gonna let you figure that one out. Gotcha. Yeah, I that fe- is my general stance. To yeah, things. Which I'm I gonna respect- let you figure that out. I I, I like that, and mm-hmm. I like that even the game respects you for doing that too. It's just like I'm gonna let you figure this out. Yeah, and if you don't really figure this out. There, there, there's a wiki or a friend that, friend that plays. Mm-hmm. I try to play through Dark Souls games blind the first time. Yeah. Because once you figure out the, the tricks and the gotchas and yeah. the gimmicks... Mm-hmm. It's... I feel like with a lot of game franchises, once you've played one or two of them, then you kind of get a feel for for how like you know the game is constructed. Yeah. But even just knowing what's around the corner mm-hmm. just ahead of time... Speeds up the process. There have only been... Like two times, I broke down and consulted the wiki. One time was for the the firekeeper thing. You scolded me for using a firekeeper soul that wasn't the firekeeper that died, and I knew it and wasn't. It turned out that I was wrong. Right, <laughs> and so I I looked it up and was like, okay, I'm good. And the other one was, I oh uh, the 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 library. Um, area with with scaleless man where you got repeatedly busted by seath until you realized you literally couldn't beat him there. I, I, I twice first time was a tr- dry run second try i attacked him and i realized oh he's replenishing this isn't going to work so not multiple times just two mm, if you had rescued logan he would have told you all that but that that was the thing i had scoured the entire building and it was a pain in the rear end to scour because of all it the is, dudes it is a painful building and i couldn't find the key so i looked up where the key was and even that didn't help and i'm like oh there's the door so yeah no i saved logan the it's like oh door. yeah the anyway door. well it's frustrating but it's fun we're not talking about dark souls today we're Again, actually, we're talking about a, a game g- that is influenced. extremely similar to Dark Souls. It's very influenced by it. Yeah. Uh, as well as, well, I'll tell you later. Yeah. It's, this game is Hollow Knight. It is a 2017 game by an indie studio called Team Cherry based in Australia. It was mm-hmm. a successful Kickstarter campaign to fund it. Mm-hmm. And it has quickly become one of my, one of my favorite games that I've played 
in recent times. And who are we? We are the Palladium Papists. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. So yeah, we're talking about Hollow Knight today. Yes. So Hollow Knight, for the two listeners that probably don't know, <laughs> uh, it is a um, a Metroidvania game, which if you'll recall from the episode you totally listened to that we did on Metroid, mm-hmm. you'll know that that means it is an exploration-based adventure game, which is supplemented by fighting guys and platforming on yeah platforms and jumping and stuff gaining different abilities from different areas right gaining different abilities let you traverse the areas so you can unlock more areas and explore and it's this feedback loop of exploring and growing more powerful that i just find super satisfying Mm -hmm. um the character that you play as is a tiny insect night man like a like a soldier knight yeah Uh, he's got like a little bug uh, shell helmet with like horns on it. Mm-hmm. He's got a little little cloak and a tiny little nail that's his sword. It's it's actually kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, but like, so you you play this this bug knight who just wakes up and walks into a an abandoned town called Dirtmouth. Uh, you talk to the old guy that lives there, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh yes, everyone went down into the kingdom below. That's all dead and." That's where all the adventurers go, but they never come back, that sort of thing. No one ever comes back. And so, what do you do? But you dive into Hollow Nest and just start to explore. It's like, with well, really no direction, back. no um, really sense of what's going on. Uh, and you just kind of explore. You fight the dudes that attack you. And you slowly, slowly stumble across more and more characters and more and more areas. And things start to come together little by little. Yeah. You meet... Um, Another character named Hornet, and she is another kind of bug knight like you. She's got longer horns and a red cloak just to keep her distinct. And you fight her a couple of times. She's like, oh, I know what you are. You can't, but I can't let you do the thing unless you're worthy. And so she runs away, and you're like, it's like, but who, I, am, who am I? I don't even know who am I am. I don't even know who I am. But you, the, the further you deep dig into the game, the more... More, the more becomes clear. You eventually learn that the reason the Kingdom of Hollow Nest uh, fell into ruin was because of a great plague, like a, a great, like a virus Bunch that of swept mushrooms. through. No, not mushrooms. Not mushrooms. No, not mushrooms. Oh, there, there is an area that is very full of mushrooms, but the mushrooms are not the plague. Gotcha. Uh, but yes, mushrooms are a thing you picked up. What from kind of plagues me. do locusts have? Uh, they can't have a plague of locusts. No. <laughs> they can have a... They could have a plague of toads. They can have that one. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming to wreck your world! <laughs> uh, oh, boy! I, I, I doubt they could do uh, any damage. Oh. So. <laughs> uh, Mario 3D World is a good one. <laughs> um, but no, it's this um, disease that is co- associated with light. Like the mm. the little blobules that infect the people are like glowing an orange, and everyone that gets infected talks about being drawn to the light. And for a while, the 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 light bad narrative confused me. Yeah. Until I realized, oh wait, these are bugs. Yeah. So it makes sense for a plague of light to hijack their brain and lead them to destruction. Do you have lamp? So I'm like, Brother, oh, I love lamp. <laughs> So, that that I thought that was kind of neat theming after all. Mm-hmm. But no, the so you're diving down deeper into the 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 kingdom area by area, and subtly, oh, I should mention one of the big gameplay elements taken directly from Dark Souls is well, for one thing, it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard, and it's like satisfying to overcome the challenges and get the rhythm of things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm into that. Um, but something that rips directly from Dark Souls' book is when you die, and you do that a lot, uh, you leave behind a little shade ghosty guy. Mm-hmm. And this little shade ghosty guy has all of your money and like half of your uh, magic mana, soul mm-hmm. stuff. So you have to go back to the place where you died and recollect your stuff. So imagine Minecraft if you died and you wanted to go get your stuff. You had to fight your shadow 
to get it back. Well, for one thing, Minecraft isn't tuned to combat mechanics. No. But so that would be... If it, if that was what, what happened in Minecraft, it would be very... Oh, 9,000. Yeah, very oof. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah. Be, but that comes important later because you leave behind a little shade ghost guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, and oh, as you explore the world, you kind of slowly piece together things about yourself. There's one boss you meet, like, a third of the way through the game, called the Broken Vessel. And this uh-huh. Broken Vessel looks, has a helmet, very much like yours, has, like, a little little cloak like yours and a little sword like yours, and it's like, huh, why does this guy that looks just like me have the name Broken Vessel? He's broken, obviously, but what's with the vessel bit? It's a mystery. So you dive a little further, and there's a there's another area that's like at the very very bottom of the world. Yeah. And you go down to the bottom into the void, and there's these void creatures that pop up and start attacking you. These void creatures look a lot like your little ghost guy you leave behind when you die. These little shade guys. So un and as you. Another thing you learn is that the game is called Hollow Knight, and mm-hmm. it's not named after the main character. It's named after the final boss. Because the Hollow Knight was a vessel created to house the, the source of the plague and seal it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you realize uh, that this Hollow Knight created to seal the plague was like one of many iterations and your character is another hollow knight vessel type Mm -hmm. character the reason the plague is leaking back into the world is because the hollow knight was uh imperfect as a Uh seal um i think the the whole point is because the plague like hijacks your 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 dreams your your and your mind Mm mm-hmm and so the goal the the ancient king wanted to do was to create a, a vessel that was without thought and without will. But the problem is he treated it too much like a son, and oh. it started to form an identity, which meant it had the the plague could influence it. Oh. So over time, the seal was breaking down and leaking back into the world. Mm. And you see that. Um, of the effect of the plague throughout the game, and it's really great. Well, really well put together. For one thing, there's a character you meet early on um, named... Where do I have it? Oh, Myla. There's a character named Myla you meet early on, and she's this intrepid little miner bug who's like, I'm going to seek my fortune in the Crystal Caverns, digging out the gemstones. It's going to be great. And so, and she's got this really chipper attitude. She's singing to herself. It's she's just a really delightful character you come across. Mm-hmm. As you explore the world, there's these enemies called husks, which are like the dead corpses of the other bugs that lived in the kingdom that are possessed by the the plague. And you come back through the area where Myla is from time to time, and every time she gets a little t- more tired, a little slower, and has less to say. Mm-hmm. And you get to an area in the game, the Crystal Caverns, which she was right next to, and there's a whole bunch of these enemies that are these beetles with little pickaxes that they that attack you that look just like she did until it gets to the point where you walk back through and she has been fully taken over by the plague and is now just a normal enemy. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, really sad yeah. to see the impact, like, firsthand to... Uh, talk to this character and have a, a tiny little NPC relationship with it and then to have that uh, come to an end because of the, the force you're trying to stop. Mm-hmm. It kind of gave, was a really poignant character moment that gave me like this extra resolve to like, oh yeah, this this is bad stuff going on. Oh yeah. Another. Th- I, I was today years old when I realized that that's basically what hollowing is in Dark Souls. I was... Like, a couple days ago, years old, when I realized, oh, yeah, they directly ripped that out of Dark Souls. (laughs) (laughs) That's something that occurs in Dark Souls as well, where a character slowly goes mad by dying repeatedly. Oh. (laughs) It's neither here nor there. We'll talk about that 
Yeah. When we talk about Dark Souls. Right. Another someday. 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 When I finish it, and when we make you suffer through the first boss. <laughs> anyway, um, another way the 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 gravity of the plague is really emphasized is there's this one first early area you go through called the Forgotten Crossroads. Sure. It's like right underneath the starting town, and it's the first place you see where the 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 egg where the Hollow Knight is being sealed is. And so it's kind of one of the areas where you get a lot of the early exposition from. And after a certain point, because the egg with the Hollow Knight is the source of the plague in the world, you come back to the Forgotten Crossroads, and it is infected with all these bubbles of, like, yellow, orange, like, goo. That is what the plague is respect represented by. Mm-hmm. All of the enemies are like more powerful, more mutated versions of the enemies, which at this point you'd been breezing back and forth through that area all the time. So having this weird extra challenge like halfway through the game was satisfying in a gameplay way for me, but also really narratively satisfying to like without telling you how bad the plague is, make you realize how big of a deal this is. It's like if you let this go for too long, it could creep up into Dirtmouth with all the all the nice NPCs that sell you maps and stuff. So it's like it's really effective non-verbal storytelling through the world and the the, the design. And I just really dug it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what the what the plague is about. Um, So yeah, after um, after fighting a whole bunch of guys and getting a whole bunch of upgrades and doing a whole bunch of exploring, you get to this point where, well, for one thing, the way I played it, this, this game allows for some really nonlinear progression, some really outside-the-box thinking could be used to do things in the wrong order, and... By the time I got to the end of the game, I was missing two key items. <laughs> mm. I, I had just found ways around most of the obstacles, but like oh. I couldn't use the little tram cars to go fast travel, mm-hmm. and I couldn't swim through acid because I didn't get that thing. Yep. But between all the other upgrades, I had enough tools, and the world was designed in such a way that was like all loop to loopy and dense and really just interconnected. That I was always able to find two ways to any any one location. So I didn't get the endings in order <laughs> uh, because sure. uh, there's like multiple endings depending on what you do in the game. Um, but yeah, you fight. All you're told to do is uh, unlock the three seal holders and then go into the egg and fight the Hollow Knight. When I did that, I got the second ending, uh, but. I'll talk about that because when you fight the Hollow Knight, you the whole goal you realize is for your character to take the place of the Hollow Knight holding the plague in place. Uh. To like just change the seals. Which I realize is they another also ripped Dark off Souls from Dark thing. Souls. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the more I play Dark Souls, I'm like, oh yeah. Hollow Knight did this, didn't they? That's yep. funny. <laughs> what if Dark Souls but platformer? Yes, and much there's there's a lot more gameplay differences. Right. Yeah. I mean, Dark Souls is very clunky on purpose, whereas Hollow Knight's really snappy and fluid. Mm-hmm. It's like playing playing Metroid or Mega Man in two D. Right. I mean, anyway. Um. So yeah, you're fighting the Hollow Knight, and it didn't occur to me at the time. But one thing that happens is you like get him down to a point where he's like you know, uh, where he like between phases of the boss, right? There's multiple phases. But in one phase, the the guy takes out his his n- nail and starts stabbing himself. And it was like, what the heck is going on? Why are you doing It wasn't this? until just earlier today writing notes up for this that I realized, "Oh, the Hollow Knight doesn't isn't fully controlled by the plague yet. He knows he needs to be defeated to pe- have the the seal changed. He's mm-hmm. helping." Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it was like there's, so it was weird and just kind of 
unnerving actually when I fight fought him the first time. It's like, why are you stabbing yourself? But do you why are you stabbing in? yourself? Why are you stabbing yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? But no. Uh, now I realize, oh, he he's he's actually being helpful. Uh, also, in some endings, you can get Hornet's help, and she'll pop in and uh, whack the guy for you a little bit mm-hmm. uh, because she's Solaire. <laughs> slap slap. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If Solaire was a boss twice before, mm-hmm. <laughs> which he 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 isn't, is he? <laughs> I don't know. You'll find out. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, um, so yeah, in the in, the, in the first ending, I got uh, I beat the the Hollow Knight. And sealed the thing away, and the game ended kind of unceremoniously. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until I went back and backtracked and got a whole bunch more stuff and did a couple more story things that I realized when Hornet comes in and whacks him, there's an opportunity to use an item I haven't talked about yet that I, is a little bit important, I suppose, called the Dream Nail. It's uh. like an extra special sword. That takes a long time to wind up and hit things. But you use it to collect, like, dream essence things uh, to fight certain ghost characters and, like, uh, do certain, like, magic things. It's really not... It's kind of important to the story, but also not really. Sure. Because you kind of got got to go into people's dreams to fight the... To, to beat the guys holding the seal. And... The Dream Nail does some really cool stuff, actually, for the storytelling. Because if you hit a character with it, you kind of see into their mind, mm. right? Because it's it's a dream-looking-into-nail sword thing. Yeah. So when you use it on NPCs, you can get a little extra uh, depth to their their character, where you can see what they think or feel about your character or the world. Mm-hmm. There's a couple characters who are savvy to what you're doing, and they're like, hey, don't go poking around in there, you little creep. Yep. <laughs> what, but what's really... One of the more interesting times is when I tried using it on an enemy, and uh, they kept re- yielding single, like, one-word phrases, like, repeated. It was like, oh, oh, yeah, these are, these are brain-dead characters that are kind... It was, like, unnerving. Mm-hmm. A little bit, because there, there was. Oh, just, there's really nothing going on in there. There's, there's really nothing going on other than maybe kill or sheer, so cold or so bright in, impulse. You know, it's it, it, it was creepy. It was cool though. Was, anyway, there was the, <laughs> one of my favorite ones was like the the advice guy. Oh, the Zote. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to Zote in a minute. He's so good. <laughs> anyway. So, this important item I left out of talking about, um, it comes in important in the final boss because there's a phase where you can whack him with a dream nail and go into his mind Mm -hmm. to fight the source of the plague itself. Ah. And if you do that with all the other uh, criteria met, you can fight the source of the plague called the Radiance. It's it's this big moth bug thing and it's super shiny. I am Lamp John. (laughs) (laughs) Hollow Knight in the Crest for Lamp. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's an episode title. (laughs) Anyway, um, so you fight the dream thing, the the Radiance, and um, I suppose I should have... Did I mention that you're a creature made from Void? All the bugs, the Hollow Knight? Yeah, they're made from like the the dark void underneath the, the... the kingdom that's mm-hmm. like this primordial soup thing. Anyway, void. So you no, end up teaming that's, up that's with not, that's that another, was last that's week. Another Dark Souls ripoff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I realized this. Dark. <laughs> it's, it's just funny how much Dark it's Souls. Funny, like when you went in, when you went into playing it, you, it was before you played Dark Souls. So you're like, I know this is influenced by Dark Souls. Yes. Now you're seeing just how much. I was I was playing it for for the more uh, because it was a Metroidvania that was well reviewed and yeah, looked yeah. fun and hard, and I knew there was Dark Souls DNA in there. I just didn't know how derivative it was, but <laughs> it's okay. It's cool. <laughs> anyway, so you and like the shade shadow version of the hollow knight and like all the rest of the your your siblings the the little shade creatures down in the well are called siblings Uh which was another another little Uh, uh, hint towards towards your origin 
Another one was like people would call the main character a little ghost when they talked to him. Uh, that was Hornet specifically. Oh, okay. Hornet specifically called him the little ghost or the ghost of Hollow Nest. Uh, anyway, you all absorb the radiance and defeat it and once for all and the, the world is freed and everyone's okay. That's how the true ending is. There's a, a, another different true ending, but and I looked it up on YouTube today and it's even more ambiguous. Um, it involves having to do the boss rush, like all of the boss rushes, and I, I, they're fun, but I'm not gonna do them in time for this podcast. Yeah, sounds kind of punishing. I'll chip away at it over the course of the next couple years. How about? Yeah. (laughs) But but there's some really cool, fun bosses though. Mm -hmm. So that's the general overview of the story and what goes on. There's a lot of little details I missed out, and a lot of characters I'll touch on later in some of the more specific points, but... But there's Zote. There is Zote. <laughs> Which, one of the things that... I suppose this ties into the goodness part of the, the, yeah. the game. Should we start the analysis, or do you want to... I don't know. Because some of the, the characters and points I left out kind of fall under the, the what I think is the goodness part of it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of little individual characters you can you can save and you can help. Mm-hmm. You have the choice to anyway. Right. And it's really great. Uh, Zote comes to mind. He is this arrogant little... Self-styled soothsayer? Not, no, no, actually. Oh. He's, a, um, he's, an, he's an adventurer like you <laughs> who calls himself the mighty Zote. And he is anything but mighty. <laughs> he is a total wuss every time... You meet him. He has been captured by some monster or some monsters, and you have to fight the guys and let him out. And he's like, ah, what were you doing? <laughs> I, I had it all under control. Yeah, you're so tiny and weak. I can't. You I Leave before I kill you with my nail. He's, he's and, got some apparently massive daddy issues. Yes, it's, it's really great. Because <laughs> after you save him a couple of times, he will st- sit up in the t- town and start talking to people. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he's got <clears throat> the 57 precepts of Zote, which are like his 57 or so personal rules that he goes by. I haven't ri- written any, any down. I should have. But they're all so... They give you a weird window into his character. Yeah, you pull that up. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a couple of them because they're they're really good. There are some really great quotes, and you just sit there for 20 minutes reading all this guy's dialogue, and it's so so full of character and so charming and so like twisted and sad. It's it's terrible. <laughs> always uh, precept one: always win your battles. Losing a battle earns you nothing and teaches you nothing. Win your battles or don't engage in them at all. <laughs> Which is the opposite of what you learn in the gameplay, by the way. Precept two: never let them laugh at you. <laughs> Uh, let's see. There's one of them. It's like, mothers will always betray you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Precept four, forget your past. The past is painful and thinking about your past can only bring you misery. (laughs) Think about (laughs) something else instead, such as the future or some food. Uh, what's another one? Um... And he just goes on and on like this. And it's... Yeah. This really fascinating character that's just like he he's he's but the thing is it's like he he shows you no appreciation there's nothing good that really comes from it except actually if you do save him there's an opportunity to use the dream nail and fight the version of himself that he thinks that he is and it's like a really hard boss (laughs) which is funny um so yeah that that that's zote he he's he's one of my favorites but um, you, you got another good yeah, let's precept see. there? Or? Um, so, some of them are actually like little game hints, aren't they? Uh, somewhat, if backhanded. <laughs> Don't trust your reflection. When peering at something, at certain shining surfaces, you may see a copy of your own face. The face will mimic your movements and seem similar to your own, but I don't think it, it can be trusted. <laughs> And so, yeah, I just spent, like, an entire session just reading all of his stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Don't peer into the darkness. If you peer into the darkness and can't see anything for too long, your mind will start to linger over old memories. 
Memories are to be avoided, as per precept four. (laughs) (laughs) They refer back to the earlier precepts. It's so funny. And then there's a couple where it's like, this one is pretty self-explanatory. It's just like a simple one-sentence statement. Yeah. There's all there's all sorts of There's like, like just like what? How many of them? Like there's all 57. Oh, 57 was the number? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> there was just a Reddit post where it just lists all of them. <laughs> but no, it's 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 worth a read sometime. It's mm-hmm. funny. Um another another character's arc that I really appreciated is there's another character named Cloth. And she's this big beetle character who wears a bag over her head. Hence and, Cloth. Yeah, hence Cloth. Hmm. And um She's, like, been sent out to prove her worth as a mighty warrior, and she talks a big game, but there's a couple of times where you're running through the game, you beat a room full of tough bad guys, and she pops out, and she's like, oh, you, you she, she was she was hiding. She's like, you, wait, you, you defeated all the monsters? What? And she, she eventually, after a couple encounters like that, she starts to look at look up to you and value you for your courage and uses you as her, her the hero she strives to be. She, yeah. You're her courage in a way. And later in the game, um, there's a boss called the Traitor King who's like this evil mantis guy who lives in the garden somewhere. Um, and you, during the boss fight, she pops up and helps you out. And mm. it's really cool because she like whacks him and you whack him and you're running around. And at the end of the battle, she gives her life during the last blow. Ah. Oh. And so you, she, she came this all this way and was a hero for you, like you were the hero for her. Huh. She she had this really really kind of I don't know, fulfilling but like sad. Yeah. Tra- it was it was tragic, but it was like cloth got to be a hero. She got to be brave. Mm-hmm. It was. It was it was really great. It was like you had this positive influence on this character. It led to her death, but she was she was what she was b- building up to. It was great. And um, one thing that happens in this game is there's like ghosts you can talk to with the dream nail. So yeah. you walk back through the room, you can see her ghost, and she thanks you for being being there for her and tells you to soldier on. Yeah, such a pretty powerful. Uh, it was a really little touching little moment. Um, there's also another character was, is the Nailsmith. Hmm. He's the NPC you talk to and give like magical medals to, to upgrade your sword and make it better and nicer. And after like your final upgrade, he, he, he crafted his finest work. This is like (laughs) the, the, the peak of his, of his uh, craftsmanship. And at, at, Afterwards, he walks outside and he's like, "Give me a moment." You walk out and talk to him, and he's like, "Now that I've uh, I've achieved my masterwork, there's one last request I'd like to ask you. Can you let me taste my own blade?" I was and gonna he, say, "Kill me with it," but that was actually kind of that was actually kind of it. <laughs> and she, they're all terminally ill children. <laughs> oh wait, I was kind of right about that. <laughs> wait, but what was that from? But from SAO? that was from SAO. Oh yeah, yeah. But should you decline? <laughs> I remember I blurted that out, and you're just kind of like, well... Well, actually. What, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say anything, but I made a face, uh-huh. and you may have picked up on that. Yeah. But anyway, sh- if you leave him be and, and don't grant his request, uh, he'll he'll get uh, grumpy with you for a bit, but later on in the game, you will find him elsewhere pursuing a different craft, mm-hmm. and he's like, uh, and... So for, for you doing the merciful thing, you let him grow and move past, and he, he found a new, a new lease on life, mm-hmm. which is, is really, really a little remarkable little, little vignette for him. Yeah. Uh, there's also three other characters that are the Nail Masters. These are the characters that you learn all your sword upgrades from. You're like Zelda Spin Attack, your Charge Shot, your stuff like that. Um, and there are three brothers... Uh, at some point in the past, they had this uh, falling out. You can kind of see the, the hints of through their dialogue and how they passively refer to each other. Mm-hmm. But you can see they're all they're all over it, but they're all too proud to, to talk to the other brother. Yeah. But they're all like, you know, uh, they're, they're sad old guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, through through teaching you and and passing down their, their knowledge and experience... 
they you kind of bring fulfillment to their life and bring closure and um you talked and all three of them learned from the same the same teacher and the, their teacher turns out to be one of the the shop owners in in the town oh. that you met early on and so you talk to him and he's like i i can he gives you like a charm or something uh for as a reward for uh learning for mastering the all the skills and stuff mm-hmm. so like their their little character stories are, are super cool that's a thing i didn't talk about i didn't talk about the charm system mm-hmm. it's whatever it's just it's a mechanic put, yeah you just add little buffs to yourself and they add little power-ups and stuff it's cool mm-hmm. um so yeah there's just a bunch of little 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 side characters that have these that you as a care as a player you impact their their life and their experience make it better there's people you find in like a far off corner you open a door for them and you save them there's a bunch of little little grub guys that are like stuck in jars in places and you smash the the jars open and they can go home and you can go home and see the 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 dad grub who's all sad that everyone was missing mm-hmm. and slowly you see his uh his little cavern repopulate and he he gets happier every time and he you get you get money and st- cool stuff for for doing it mm-hmm. it's a collectible uh completion bonus but it's also they they turned a collectible completion bonus into a character moment that was just kind of you feel your impact on the world you're bringing life back where there was where there was death and confusion and bad stuff yeah just a whole bunch of I, I that that was something I really appreciated about it. There's there's a lot of goodness you can do, mm-hmm. or or not do if you're speed running and don't yeah. want to waste time with it. <laughs> so I guess we've talked about a bunch about like the um, goodness in the game. So what are some truths I guess we can draw forth from the game? One thing I thought was interesting was your character's sacrifice at the end. Hmm. How at at the very end of the game you don't. You, you you sacrifice yourself yeah to stop this plague it's kind of a it's like a slightly twisted jesus metaphor mm-hmm. it, it's it's there there's weird history and backstory and stuff if you dig too deep into the lore mm-hmm. but like there's this sacrifice surface for, uh, level yeah sacrifice of the one for the sake of the many mm-hmm. you 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 give yourself up and you take on basically the plague that has been plaguing everyone for generations yeah and you erase it you you cleanse them from it you free them so there's that kind of surface level neat little little uh parallel there that Mm -hmm. i that i like there's plenty in the beauty department from what i saw oh yes it is a for an indie game for an indie game it's especially well. I mean, it's not. It's two dimensional, so it's, right. But it's like hand animated. But it's not it? pixel art. No, no, it's not. It's it's like I think it's more like and it's digitally animated, right? But it's right, all yeah. like frame it's by frame and hand by drawn. hand, yeah. all hand drawn, and it's really striking. Mm-hmm. All the areas are very visually distinct. There's like, and the use of color is really vibrant and distinct for each area because mm-hmm. like. But it also does have an overall sort of black. Yeah, as it its primary kind of color. It does have a very dark color palette. Uh-huh. But that doesn't stop some areas from being downright gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. It's like, even though it's a dark color, it's like they choose really rich, vibrant, dark color. And they also color. use a lot of white to contrast it. Right. The player character, for as dark as the backgrounds are, you have a stark white helmet on. That really makes you stand out no matter what background you're on. A lot of the enemies also have white helmets that really contrast from the background and make it make it so it pops. You can immediately recognize, oh, this is a character I can talk to, or oh, this is a guy I have to whack. And it's really, really remarkable. Uh, the, the use of color, the choice of color, the and even though it's a dark color palette, it's also a lush color palette. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite areas is called the City of Tears. Mm-hmm. And it's like this castle city capital city area and it's constantly raining and it's got this really deep blue color palette to it Mm -hmm. uh, even inside all the buildings and the funny thing is you're underground in this underground uh kingdom of bugs right why is it raining well if you go to the area directly above it 
there's a a pristine crystal blue lake ah. that is leaking through cracks in the ceiling and causing it to rain perpetually in the city of tears. Mm-hmm. And it's the the world designers cohesive like that. But. Yeah. So there's some really also there's a the mossy area. I forget what it's called. Like I'm probably like moss path or something. But it's like really lush and vibrant greens and really really I love the use of color in that game. And the animation, it's all hand hand drawn and hand animated. So the backgrounds mm-hmm. are all detailed and no two areas look alike. They don't reuse tile sets very much. It's yeah. For an indie game too. It's yeah. like a Sonic crap, Mania has no of... excuse for being pixel art, I tell you. Yeah. That. <laughs> it's all very it's a uh... any any 2D game with a budget should either be really good 3D or t- that mm-hmm. or Hollow Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um also the the music really does a good job. Yeah. It's yep. really subtle, really in the background, but there's some really fantastically beautiful tracks that like complement the backdrop or complement a character. And then the boss fight themes are all epic and really enhance the the, the, the moment. It's all about creating an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's got a, a really thick, lush atmosphere. And it is top-notch. Because that's kind of the thing about bugs is that there's just they're so numerous and it's like very dense. Um, like if you think about anthills or different things like that. So they kind of take that element of like, you know, insects as characters. If they built a society, it would be very dense very rich and that's another thing i like about it the insect theming allows for a wide range of character designs it's not very punny it's it's like it's kind of adds a level of charm to it it does but like all the enemies you fight are like bugs all the all the npcs you meet they're they're bugs and so there's a wide range of bugs they can use Mm -hmm. there's like the like mosquito guys that'll fly around and they're like the annoying flying enemies Mm mm-hmm there's there's like these big tough uh like stag beetles that you can that you fight and they've got the horns and stuff mm-hmm. there's an area that is super creepy and spider webby and it's got the spiders that are like crawling across the top of the s- screen and coming in from the background they've got uh some some really kind of weird and unnerving like white tapewormy characters that are like the 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 enemies in an area that kind of gross you out but that's the point of the characters in the area yeah so they can go from gross to i don't know cute as a bug mm-hmm. with some of these designs <laughs> there's like a spectrum and they they constantly there's a really creative use of that so there's a it was neat theming for a lot of reasons and the character design is uh, yeah i suppose instead of bonfires you have benches that you sit on too yes another you sit down on a bench and from there you can equip your charms from there the map system in this game is actually kind of unique uh-huh. because you can buy a partially completed map from one of the characters who pop up from time to time. But when you're out on the in the world, you won't be able to see the whole map until you sit down on a bench and can write in the rest of your map. Oh, your character okay. will pull out the map and like pull out a quill pen and like fill out the map where he's been. Okay, so that's kind of like, unique. It's kind of a unique mechanic and also has like an in-universe explanation for why it works like that. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really charming, really cool. So yeah, and we kind of touched on it a little bit. But what would you say were some of the aspects of a unity in the game? Um, well, like I said before, I liked the really cohesive and dense united world design. Mm-hmm. Everything felt like it was a part of a whole. Yeah, and despite the fact that all the areas are very distinct, when you're going from one area to another. You can. There's like a really clever transition period. There's like three rooms where the themes from another area will start to creep in, and the themes from the area you were in start to creep out. So it's almost a natural, seamless transition to mm-hmm. the whole world design. And like I said before, there's multiple routes between any two points in the map. So depending on what upgrades you do and don't have, you might take a different path. And it allows for some non-linearity, some creative problem-solving, and more than one ways to, to finish the game. Hmm. And so I think the world design is as distinct as all the areas are and as vibrant as all the areas are. It's also really cohesive and fits together quite nicely. Hmm. Um, 
and like I said, the the overall theming with uh with the insect, they they really stuck to that theme, and it really worked for them. Uh, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, everything the whole package comes together really nicely. It's a really there's nothing that really felt feels out of place in this game. Everything is in a place with a purpose, and it's really a it's a great package, really cool. really cohesive and whole. I don't know. It's yeah. That's where where I talk about Unity. That's about all I have to say about that. I, I'm the only one here that has played it. So. We've watched you play it, right? I, I, you, it's not quite the same as no, playing. No, no, but, no, but it, got a lot of the general impressions. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. I like it. I recommend it. It's not for everybody, but it's very for me. <laughs> While our podcast may not be for everybody, it may be for you. It All may be for two more of you. Yeah. So if you want to be one of the many two... If you, you all want to go and make two intentional disciples of the <laughs> oh, podcast... <laughs> Let's not do. Let's not, go there. <laughs> let's, let's not turn it, this into a pyramid. I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> These do not reflect the opinions of the opinions that we <laughs> that we are clearly sharing. <laughs> uh, well, um, for more shenanigans and uh, raw opinion. On occasion, <laughs> raw, concealed, subtle opinion, <laughs> but bursting forth, but and bursting forth, nonetheless. <laughs> such unchecked rage such and aggression, <laughs> years of unspoken verbal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast on uh, Spotify or Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all that fun stuff, and then follow us at Palapapus on Facebook and Twitter. Um, if you have suggestions for future episodes, questions, comments, concerns, you can message us via our email, palladianpapists at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah. So thank you for listening to this week's episode and, uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Bye. Peace.